You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. Okay, everyone. Today, we've got Saravana Kumar, who is the CEO of Kovai.co or .co, which is an enterprise software company offering multiple products at scale, both in the enterprise arena and in the B2B SaaS space. So I first met Saravana, which I, I couldn't pronounce his name for the longest time, so I, I had to get it right. But we met at SaaS Talk about two years ago. We went clay pigeon shooting. We did all the things. We, we hung out in the morning hung out in the morning to eat breakfast early. And we did a lot of different things. It was fun. But not only that, not only is Saravana an amazing person, but he is also an amazing entrepreneur as well. So I think this is 10 years now, right? Coming up on 10 years. Yeah, nine years. In 2011. Yeah. So, yeah, nine years. Okay, so almost, almost 10 years. But Saravana, welcome to the show. How is it going? Yeah, it's fantastic, Eric. And uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. We know like we've been trying this for a long time and I'm yeah. happy to be finally here. Yeah, I finally made it. And, and thanks for being patient with me. So Sarvana, I mean, can you kind of speak to, because I'm assuming nine years doing this, you didn't just start out with multiple products. I guess, can you walk us through kind of your story and then kind of the journey through those nine years and, and how did it evolve? Yeah, sure. Basically, I was born and brought up in, in India. So I came to UK where I'm residing right now in 2000. It's about 20 years now. So I just came like a like a typical outsourced the Indian software engineer to, to London and I start, started working in, in London for about 10 years. So I worked for briefly for Microsoft and Accenture for about uh, two and a half years. And Fidelity Investment is a quite long stint for about uh, three plus years. So that's my 10-year consulting experience. And one of the things was that during the 10 years, I was specialized in a Microsoft server product called Bistock Server. It's a middleware product, large enterprises, when they have like 10 different systems talking to each other, this Bistock Server sits in the middle and connects everything. For the modern young generation, you can think of it like Zapier. Actually, Zapier is a derived version of that. So we are coming from a proper enterprise kind of thing. So after working for 10 years in that technology, like I identified a lot of gaps for enterprise customers, especially around security, monitoring, governance, and those kind of things. And something I started as a, as a hobby, it never the intention was, you know, that time you never think about any startup or anything. It just started like a, like a hobby thing, like I wanted to build something. And I also like, uh, there was in Redmond uh, for a Microsoft conference and a group of friends, uh, we were discussing, okay, we should do something on the open as an open source because this is a huge gap on enterprise and why don't we do it, something like that. Everybody agreed, but when I came back to London, you know, nobody turned up to do any coding. So then, but I picked it up and I released a first version somewhere in 2011. And that's what uh, Bistock 360 started, like a more like a hobby thing. But the moment I released it, you know, like within that few months, I was able to close some enterprise customers, all strangers. I, you know, I never knew them. They, the first customer came all the way from Hong Kong. Like, you know, like I have no connection with it. It's a big casino out of Hong Kong. So they were, they were the first customer. And that's how the company got started with a single product called Bistock 360. And I focused on the product for uh, six years. Like uh, initially it was just me. And then I formed a small team of about five people in London, and we have we, we grown that to about till 150 enterprise customers. We were only like uh, that five people. It took about two years to reach that 150 customers. 
then that's when we realized okay there is a okay there's a good opportunity we are dealing with a lot of enterprise customers the deal sizes are also good so it's not feasible to scale the business in london you, you probably know like due to all the cost reasons and it's not possible to scale it fast so then that's when i decided to set up the india office we set up the india office with about uh, 10 people about 1000 square feet small office in 20 end of 2013 and from there uh, we spent couple of years just organically growing the team and in 2015 we set up another big office in in india about 50 60 people capacity we stayed in the office for 5 years and just before this covid thing we invested in a it's a brand new office that can take about uh, 2 260 people right now we are when we you know like last year the team strength was only around 55 because that was the maximum capacity we can have but we decided you know like okay we needed to scale up and then we set up a new office and uh, this was Okay, 2016 under 2016, it's all Bistock 360. Then we realized, okay, there's okay that kind of a saturated market, like it's a very niche enterprise market, and I, we couldn't see that product scaling beyond certain limit. So that's when we started diversifying into a multi-product company. We did a product for Azure, which is called Serverless 360. While building documentation knowledge base for these two products, Bistock 360 and Serverless 360, since they are enterprise product you always need to have like a really good documentation so we were struggling to find a good product in the in the market right now that space is dominated by help desk providers like zendesk freshdesk intercom help scout those kind of people but their primary business is not knowledge base they they, they do ticketing system and chat and those kind of things so they pay very little attention to the knowledge base but if you look at the current scenario like you know nobody wants to talk to a support guy right you people want to self serve and find a solution for themselves so all this uh, we we identified as a big gap on the knowledge base side of things and that's when doc, we started document 360 in uh, 2017 end of 2017 the team was formed in 2018 it's about 2 and a half years now and now document 360 is our fastest uh, growing product in the company so it's just ramping up so that's actually you know like uh, the fast 20 years uh, summary in 5 minutes <laughs> no that that's helpful and what is even it was even 5 minutes by the way um what what kind of numbers just so people can get an idea of the size of scale so you you got a brand new office what kind of numbers revenues employees growth rates all that can you share with the audience Yes, sure. I think uh, the overall company revenue we are close to 10 million. We haven't touched the 10 million mark. It's hovering somewhere around nine something, uh, slightly above nine million mark. And in terms of our employee, the, the company size, we are currently about 100, 130 employees. Majority of the business still is at this top 360, and the document 360 is ramping up faster. Yeah. Got it. And how long? Just because I always, I'm always thinking about product market fit, right? So some people might be thinking, you know, product market fit is hitting that one million ARR mark, right? So how long did it take you to get to that one million ARR? We start three sixty. I will say about two years. Okay. Two and two and a half years. Yeah. Got it. Two years, and then how about the the other stuff? And then so you BizTalk three sixty. You said the Document three sixty is your fastest growing product line now. That's right. So if you look at it, you know we haven't written a single the the, the first line of code for Document three hundred and sixty was written only in January twenty eighteen. So within seven eight months, we went to the market with a in a minimum viable product. It will solve us a single scenario very well, and then we are still ramping up. There are a lot of new features coming up. So that product we are actually like about a thirty thirty five thousand MRR now. So about a, close to four hundred k ARR. and that's within like less than 3 years period 
and we're growing roughly around the 12 to 15 percent month on month on that product yeah that's great and you're completely bootstrapped yeah it's a fully bootstrapped yeah yeah we haven't taken any funding until now yeah got it has anybody offered yeah of course you know you can uh, every week we get a lot of vc interest like we initially you know like uh, three four years ago used to go and attend all those calls but once you made a decision, you know, like, okay, you don't need VC money, like, uh, I'll simply politely decline or I'll say, well, you know, like, I, at one stage, I was doing like, you know, book a calendar, like uh, 12 months in advance, or just to block two weeks and say, okay, let's book everything there. And if we really need that money at that point, we will discuss. But otherwise, we don't talk too much on VC side. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's kind of been my mentality too. Maybe there's different thought processes behind it. But I think I, I've realized the most important thing for me is freedom, right? And it's difficult for me to have to think about. I think the accountability is good of, of, with having a board, but I can create my own informal board. But in effect, you have a boss once you know VC step in and then they might influence things in, in a way that you don't want. And I think, look, if you're trying to build a next, next Facebook type of thing or a SpaceX, you definitely need to raise capital. We have so many different options now, right? Pipe.com, they'll look at your your recurring revenue and they'll, they'll, they'll finance you based on that. And you can get the money like the next day. So you have a lot of different financing, revenue-based financing now too, where you can still maintain control while getting the capital you need to grow. And the other thing too is at least like, you know, you look at yourself, Sarvana, you're good at starting and growing businesses and building teams. You can just continue to do that and do it at your own pace, right? You don't want it to be out of your control. Is that kind of how you think about it or is there something else? No, that's right. I think that for the first product, which is actually a different reason why we didn't go for the VC because it's a very niche market. Because if you look at it, Microsoft themselves got only about 10,000 customers worldwide. That is our total addressable market. And that's not really what a VC wants to hear, right? Where you're going into a very niche market, there nobody's going to give you money to say that is it. And maybe you will grow to, you know, 10, 15 million uh, ARR is the total market. It's not really interesting for them. So I thought it's just a waste of time, basically, you know, going after VC and trying to convince them. And the other factor is being an enterprise product. The cash flow is always there because when you close, you know, four or five deals and you get 40, 50K, that is good enough for you to run the business. So it's, not, it's always your cash flow positive and then you don't need the VC money. And the third reason is even if somebody gave me like 5 million, I don't know where to spend it because uh, the market is so narrow. You can't throw money and get more customers because the market can only grow at a certain pace. You can't really force it to, you know, like a, like a, like some of the fast-growing markets, you can't force it. So those are three reasons why we didn't take VC money at the early stages. But I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not saying like, you know, you'll always be bootstrapped. If there is justification, for example, Document 360, right? If you figure out the right levers and say, okay, you know, if somebody gives me $20 million tomorrow, I can grow it so faster, then probably I will take it. And okay, the becoming your own boss and you know, like that is that's always there, you know, like nobody is there to control. And also you, you got the freedom to make whatever decisions, even if it's the right decision or wrong decision, you know, you you take it on your own own instinct. So that is a that is a great advantage, yeah. Got it. And just walking back to overall, how do you guys what's the business model? How do you guys charge? How do you make money? All the products are different. Bistock 360 is a, even though it's not a SaaS product, technically it's an on-premise installer, but we charge them based on a subscription, annual subscription. Okay, we initially, like, you know, the first five years, four, five years, four years, 2011 to 2015, we went to the typical software of perpetual license and annual support of 25, 25%. But in 2015, you know, that's one of the best decisions I will say we made. Like uh, we changed it to a subscription. We we reduced the price 
but we went more subscription so that is actually a, like a the deal size is uh, average typically it's about 10 to 15k but it can go we got six figure uh, six figure uh, numbers as well for uh, certain large customers the document 360 is a complete pure play saas it's a, it's a average revenue per user is about 150 dollars per month that's a typical volume game in uh, document 360 yeah Got it. So what, what is working right now for you in terms of, of customer acquisition? Because you're like you said earlier, your TAM's not huge. Uh, I'm just curious, what's working? For BizTalk 360, it's definitely it's a still inbound because, you know, like uh, when, as I mentioned, like I was doing consulting for 10 years, like one of the things I did that for, from 2004 to 2011 is like we got some really deep technical articles for uh, BizTalk server. So even today, like anybody searching anything related to that term, you will end up on uh, on our site. So that is one really good. And th- these things uh, happened, you know, without our knowledge. You know, that time back in 2004, 2005, you didn't write those content, thinking content marketing in, in mind. You wrote it because you love the subject and, you know, you were trying to explain to people in a good way. So that asset is uh, still helping us. So it's a lot of content and people find us. The second thing is uh, we managed to build a really good community in for this uh, product, uh, this 360. Like uh, we we run an annual conference every year in London that is attended by about 500 people traveling from about 50, 60 countries all across the globe, and and we established ourselves as a known player within this uh, small community. So it's a niche market, but everybody knows uh, knows us. So if you go, if if you if you speak to a random Bistock server customer, they will know us. So that is the thing that worked out well for uh, Bistock 360. And Document 360 is a modern SaaS marketing game, right? There are only like six, seven channels available for you. All the typical channels like uh, SEO plays a huge part. And then uh, we pay with this uh, paid marketing acquisitions like Google and Facebook. And also review review sites like Captura, G2. It's a, it's a typical modern SaaS marketing playbook, basically. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. I, I guess, you know, the, the other thing I want to touch upon is your business success has now given you the ability to actually help you fulfill your personal ambitions, right? So I, I was reading something earlier, just kind of doing some studies. So one of your personal ambitions is to create spread wealth and also create a talent hub for the city that you grew up in. So can you talk about that a little bit and, and what your plans are there? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of reach a stage where, you know, you're self-sustainable, the, the personal side, you know, like, okay, there is enough for you to, you know, like, I'm happy, basically, you know, like, in terms of uh, the re- relatively, you know, easy life, and I'm happy. But uh, for me, one of the couple of personal ambitions, not everybody can create wealth, right? Like, okay, that is the fact. If you have the opportunity to create wealth, you know, why don't you, you know, like, scale up and um, give it back to the community? So my personal ambition is to create at least 25 wealthy people, you know, in another 15 years. So that could be some of my employees who can grow and become like sharing wealth at some point. And also I do invest in a lot of startups as well. I, all the startup investments are basically on gut feeling. There's no, no theory. If I like the guys, if I see them, you know, passionate about something, couple of them went really bust, you know, it lost all the money, but uh, some, some of them are doing well. They're struggling. I mentor them. I handhold them to spend a lot of time with them. So that is, you know, probably if I, the investment, it will grow and also possibly I will be able to create five or 10 good uh, entrepreneurs and wealth to them. So that is one thing. And the second thing is, you know, I come from a city called Coimbatore in India, which is not, which is not one of those top cities like Chennai or Bangalore or Mumbai. 
it's a kind of a tier two city and we are trying to create a, you know like a software ecosystem there like we are investing in you know hiring a lot of local talent and then educating them right now for example you know we took 24 people but we, we interviewed like 500 people uh, to bring to the 24 people and then we are running like a complete university kind of education system for six months so we'll train them on the technologies what are relevant to us and then we'll train them and that is basically creating local pool as well like a local talent pool those are things that are keeping me busy uh, at the moment apart from running the business and the product side of things yeah Got it. And so the 20, I guess for the people that you're angel investing in right now, are you, are those like 25 to 50 K checks? What are, what do those look like? It's not 20. I'll say like, you know, like a six, seven of them. I, it varies. I, I'll say about anywhere up to hundred K. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then you said, so creating wealthy people, what does that look like? Is it a net worth number? Like how do you define what, what a wealthy person looks like? Yeah. So if I can create a few millionaires, that's good enough. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then I guess I'm wondering how do you juggle between the investing part, investing in people, mentoring, like I get that part, but also you have a business and you're trying to build up this new talent hub. I guess, how are you splitting your time right now? Splitting in the sense, you know, like, like any other top CEO, like, you know, like you, I have, of course, I have a lot of people to look after everything as well. It's just a guidance. Like you set the vision, like, okay, this is what we are going to do. For example, this talent pool thing, we decided to run it like a two batches. The so one batch is people who come out of university, like uh, they're finishing uh, the university and they're, uh, they're just out of university. That is one batch that will go for six months. And the second batch, what we're trying to do is we are going to do walk-in interviews for six months and we'll accumulate about 30, 30, the 25, 30 people and they will come as a second batch. So if you do like two batches in a, in a year, that is actually producing like 40 to 50 good talent in a small city. That's how I do it. Okay. Answering your question, like, you know, building your team is very important. I have like a, over the years, you know, got a lot of good people working for us now. It's a lot of delegation, basically, and mentoring them and then pushing them so that they take care and they own it. So this training thing, I spend about half an hour a week getting an update and what's going on. And uh, that's it, basically. Yeah. Got it. Okay, great. One thing, working towards wrapping up here, the what would you say is one tool that you've added maybe in the last 12 months that has had a major impact on you? So it can't be any of your covai.co tools. Yeah, I like, you know, like a OneNote, the two tools, basically, the, the entire business for us runs in Microsoft Teams. So we've been using it for the last three years and we have done a lot of process improvements inside as well. It's not like you know, everybody uses Slack these days, but, uh, you know, like we have a lot of, we continuously redefine a lot of things inside the tool. And then there's a lot of, you know, standard operating procedure kind of thing that happens within Teams that transform the business, I will say, like, you know, that is on the, on the business side of things. On personal side of things, you know, this OneNote is one tool, you know, there's a lot of tools, but OneNote, yeah, I've been using it for a very long time and I'm happy with that. And that's a, that just solves a problem for me, yeah. Got it. And how about one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? I'll say I like this, yeah, The Millionaire Fast Lane. It's actually that the title is a bit cashy, but if you, if you read it, you know, like a... It's a very interesting concept. You know, typically the whole education system is designed, you know, like a, you finish a good education, you go to job and then you will get richer uh, over a period of time. And by the time you become richer, you know, like you're too old and you cannot yeah. enjoy a lot of things, right? So, and you know, this guy actually basically, you know, like looked after how does uh, people get richer at the younger age. 
leaving you know like all those gifted people like a sports person and celebrities how are others making money and i just uh, put it in a nice way i even gave it to my son who's 13 year old to you know read it and just you know it's a good fun book yeah Yeah. Also, the concept is around taking mini vacations. I think it comes from Tim Ferriss, where like every you know couple months or so, you take these mini vacations. Otherwise, you get get really old and you can't enjoy the success that you've had. Right? That's kind of the same thing. No, absolutely. Now that's what I tell the team as well. Like you know, you need to enjoy the current moment. You know, enjoy small wins. You know, this is a marathon, right? Whatever you're doing, it's 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 never going to end. You're going to be busy always. It's important to find the balance and you know enjoy it. Got it. What is the most compelling thing you've maybe listened to or watched or read maybe in the last month or so? It could be an article, could be a podcast, could be a video. I think I'll say the 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 traction thing, the US guidelines. So that is another thing we have done recently and I spent a lot of time and I you know read that book few few times now and you know like okay it looks simple like you know like if you read the book there are only like you know six big things you need to worry about but everything takes time for example just to implement that level 10 meeting format across the company it took us yeah. like seven eight months yeah every time people make mistake you need to constantly educate them this is not you the way you do it so we just finished that one part right now you need to go to the next stage of you know the vision and three year plan and 10 year plan and all yeah. these kind of things so i just go you know like that is one thing you know like and also i i try to keep it simple as well you don't you can't do too many things you just need to find the thing that is working and uh, stick it stick to it keep repeating it and then you know uh, better to you have a system that's working rather than trying so many things yeah yeah it's it's one operating system and and sticking with it. i mean we when we first started using eos a while back we self implemented for a year and then we realized that maybe it, it would be worth it to hire a implementer and so hiring an implementer each quarter they come in we pay them like it could be anywhere from 3 to 5 grand for the entire day but it actually helps set the tone a lot better and then you know you start rolling it out to your teams and all that but it's it's just look it takes one step at a time you like a little bit here and then add in the other stuff and then go from there but sarvana this has been fantastic what is the best way for people to find you online i think if you search me i think they, the linkedin will be the best option you can find me easily yeah Yeah. So Sarvana Kumar and you can also just search for the company as well just kovai k o v a i.co Sarvana thanks for doing this. Thank you very much Eric. Thanks. You may have completed this level but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com/leveling-up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com/leveling-up.